to the Business Blueprint Podcast, where we take you on an exciting adventure through our triumphs and challenges and failures in creating and maintaining a thriving six, seven, and eight-figure business. Get ready to dive into our strategies, decisions, and yes, even valuable lessons we've learned from our missteps. That's not all. We'll also bring you industry-leading guests who will provide you with their priceless insights and wisdom. Stay tuned because the captivating journey of the Business Blueprint begins right now. Now, looking back, it's like, well, maybe it would have wrapped up a little bit faster had I just, you know, ripped the bandaid off and, and transitioned that person over. Um, and so right now today, I do not directly handle any sort of litigation cases. Um, we do assist with management. We do assist with training. We do oversee the cases, all of that. We help our, our attorneys with strategy. We help our attorneys with whatever they need help with, right? But we don't um, directly handle clients. I don't have anybody's case that I am, you know, attorney number one on their file, anything like that. Yeah, I know for me, getting out of production was was very important. Uh, you know, for you know to be in the the production space, you have to be concerned about producing the product, right? In law, you're you're concerned about you know producing the legal thought. In any, if you're pr producing widgets, it's about producing widgets. It's not about how the business grows. And I think that that's two very distinct mindsets: is trying to hit, you know, I'm trying to produce this product versus I'm trying to grow this business. Uh, and, you know, I know for, for me personally, we have people call in and say, look, I only want to work with with Charles Hadley. And the answer is no, you know, we can't. You don't want me to be your, your attorney right now, because going from a broader, more risk uh, taking position as running the business to kind of the risk adverse mindset required to be a good litigator isn't something that's easily switched between uh, for, for me. And, you know, yeah. I know. We have managing attorneys, and, and so as we keep ticking ourselves up the ladder, sort of speak, you know, we keep looking at, hey, what what can I take away next? You know, I, you know, we hired a legal assistant then for helping us with, you know, sending emails, setting court dates, you know, uh, faxes, telephone calls. Then the next hire we made was our, our first attorney. Uh, how, how was that? You know, how did, how was your confidence and your mindset when you made that first job offer to the first attorney? Oh my gosh, that was so stressful. And now looking back, it's like, it was so obvious. Um, you know, it was, it was just that next step in offloading that legal work. And so again, there was a, a little bit of a lack of confidence, right? Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily know this person very well. They're new to your organization. You don't necessarily know how they run their cases or how they practice law. Um, you can only learn so much from an interview, right? But at the same time, now when I look back, it's like if you just given that person all the opportunity in the world, they would have they would have run with it, right? Because again, we're we're starting to bring in those candidates that are excited to be part of this growth opportunity. They see that we're growing, they see that we're expanding and they they want to be part of it. They want to they want to they want to take off with it. Um, and so having someone that, again, is going to offload that legal work, be able to put those blinders on and say, I'm just going to focus on my research on this one particular issue in this case. And I'm going to really thoroughly research it and make a memo and do all this stuff. Right. Um, and they can do a wonderful job and just focus on that while we can then shift back over. I like that 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 mindset shift. You want to be the risk taker as the business owner wearing your business owner hat. And when you're a litigator, you always mindful of, OK, well, this is the worst case scenario client. So let's let's mitigate some of those risk areas for you. 
Um, and that is a big part of what that that struggle is back and forth and trying to, to wear those two different hats. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, hiring the first attorney made it so much easier to hire the second attorney and so much easier to hire the third attorney. And, and from then on, you know, you start to build that confidence and say, look, you know, these attorneys are doing great. They love our company. They love what we're all about. They're practicing law the way that we want to see it done. Um, you know, come and join the team, come be part of this. It's awesome. Um, and so it, it really helps you continue building and, and sort of snowballing that effect as you keep going. It does. And, you know, I remember, you know, in offloading some cases to the to the doer attorney, I, I made a lot of mistakes because I wanted to keep my hands and, and my fingers in there. And it actually made uh, his job more difficult because then clients would call me. And so I, I quickly learned the easiest way to do it was make him very available and make me not available. And that way clients could rely on, on, on him to, to get the answers they needed. Um, mm -hmm. You know, one of the, the parts of, of hiring people is also knowing when to fire people. And, you know, we, we talk about our first hire. Uh, have you had the opportunity? Have you had the, the necessity to, to let somebody go? Unfortunately, that goes along with it. And the, the expression that just constantly plays, right, is hire slow, fire fast, hire slow, fire fast. And so when you start to see red flags, you, you have to address them and figure out, is this a long-term issue? Or is this a, a cultural, you know, issue where it's not a fit? Um, or is something else going on outside of the organization? Is something going on in this person's private life that, you know, maybe they just need a week or two to, to deal with some stuff and then, then they're going to be great again. Um, and so kind of getting down to the root of issues as they come up is really essential. And once you have somebody who's been, showing up late and leaving early and taking long lunches and, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And they've been doing that for six months. And then you come in and try to correct it and say, oh, you know, you were supposed to get in, you know, on time and, and stay and work and, you know, do. They're like, what are, you know, it's been six months. Why are you bringing this up now? So kind of mm -hmm. catching those things quickly and finding out, is this some sort of temporary thing? Like, you know, your car is broken or you had a loss in the family or you had, you know, something else came up that's going to be a temporary issue. Um, or is this going to be something that is, is going to only snowball and get worse as time goes on? Um, so that that definitely, unfortunately, has come up more than a few times. Um, and I think we're a lot quicker to spot issues and question them versus I think at the beginning, we were willing to just kind of give everybody the benefit of the doubt, right? Just keep giving them the benefit of the doubt, benefit of the doubt. And then again, you're at six months now and they're like, why are you trying to, you know, correct this? Or why is this, why is this a problem now? Well, it's been a problem for six months. I was just, I really thought that, you know, you were going to kind of resolve it on your own. So um, that has been a, a major learning curve for both of us. And unfortunately it has resulted in having to let some people go that, maybe were fabulous in one way or another, but they just weren't a fit because of whatever reason, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, there people are, are generally going to do a good job and they're generally great, but it is possible that people do not fit within an organization and an organization is not the right place for people. So, you know, I, I think I heard somebody say it best that if you come to work and you don't like being around the people that you work with, then they don't like being there with you. 
And so letting them go and let them go find a new position is sometimes the best thing that you could do for people. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you, you brought up a very good point about, you know, when, when you are small, when it's just two people or, or three people within an office, you have the, the, the propensity or the tendency to try to be friends with that person rather than try to be their boss. And most people did not take a job, in all honesty, didn't really take a job to go be friends with people. They took a job to have a very structured, hey, this is what I want. This is what I'm looking for. And if you want to ex uh, excel at your position, this is what I need to see from you. And I, I think for both of us, that took a lot of realization to say, not everybody wants a, a happy-go-lucky, feely uh, situation. They want to know, hey, this from Monday morning till Friday afternoon, I want you here these hours. This is what I expect from your workload. And at the end of the week, we will know by these numbers whether or not that uh, you accomplish those tasks. And, and that gives people a lot of comfort. And, and that comes into you know the next question of, of building out the, these you know KPIs, key performance indexes for each position. Did you have those built out when you hired your first person? No, not at all. I don't think. I think there was a little bit in terms of like target um, billable hours, but the the very first person that we hired was kind of a quasi paralegal, kind of a quasi intake. You know, they were really just shuffling them around, right? They were wearing a lot mm -hmm. of different hats for a while, so that has taken a lot of of time and effort and. I do think that now all of our employees really appreciate having that guidance of this is what the expectation is. And if you're within this range, you're doing good. Right. And they don't, it's not a question every single day of, am I doing enough? Am I, you know, is this a lot? Is this too much? Is it too little? Is it, you know, where, where do I kind of fall on that spectrum? Um, and being able to give that really concise feedback, you know, if you're supposed to make 10 phone calls a day, and you're making five phone calls a day, it's really easy to say, okay, you're not making enough phone calls. What's going on? You know, where, where can we help? Where's your time getting spent? Why is it that you're not getting to this particular task that should be a priority versus, you know, at the beginning, it was just kind of like, oh, just try and like do some, right? That doesn't, because then we can't say, oh, you're doing a great job or you're doing a terrible job and, and they don't know. And if they don't know, how are, you know, how is anybody supposed to improve in this situation? So that's something that we've really worked on in each and every position is really defining, you know, how can we break this down to a metric that then you can sort of just check off a box and say, yes, I did this. And yes, I did that. Um, therefore, I know I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, if they're supposed to make 10 phone calls a day and they made five, uh, people appreciate you coming to them quickly saying, look, you know, hey, you know, you're supposed to make 10 phone calls a, a day. I noticed yesterday you only made five. What's going on? Mm -hmm. um, like you said, they may have something personal going on. They may say, look, you know, I, I've got this thing going on at home with my family and I can't concentrate right now. You say, look, just take a couple of days off. You know, you have one of the things we also implemented very early on was paid time off. You know, you have paid time off, you know, take paid time off readjust, you know, take care of the stuff that's going on at home and then, then come back in here. Mm -hmm. You know, we work very hard to acknowledge that everybody has a life outside of the office, right? You know, if we're asking for eight hours a day, you know, they have 16 hours a day of life that doesn't exist in this office. And, and we want to work with you and, and help you really achieve that balance. Um, mm -hmm. 
you know, one of the things that I, I consistently see, you know, because we, we've grown looking back, it seems, like you said, it seems so obvious to say, hey, you know, we've got a 401k and a health insurance plan right now. Um, mm -hmm. The other day I was on a, a board for small businesses, a, a, a chat board for small businesses, and I saw somebody saying, hey, does anybody offer a 401k? I'm a small business. I'm thinking about offering a 401k. And I was reading through the responses and the response is like, oh, no, absolutely don't do that. I offer an IRA. Don't do that. I offer an IRA. And only two people responded that they offered a 401k. You know, we were one of the people that responded. We offered a 401k. But one other person did. And you know, just out of curiosity, I went and looked at the businesses of all the people that said no, and they were of a certain size. And, and I really, you know, I, I think that these questions need to go a little bit deeper when you're thinking about what benefits do I want to offer for my first employee to say, where do I want my end game to be? How big do I want to grow? If I always want to be a little two, three, four person shop, then no, you know, I may not need to offer a 401k or health insurance. But if I want to have 50, 100, 250, 1,000 people work for me, then I need to think about these benefits early because the reality is getting people on as they are hired on for health insurance is a lot easier than having a, a big, you know, time of, Hey, we need to enroll 50 people in health insurance today. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. You know, with the, the best use of the time, you know, there, there's this thing that Steve Jobs said, you know, when he, after he came back from Pixar to, to Apple and he, he was talking about his new role in the position, which was, Hey, my role right now is to attract a plus talent. I mean, that, that's, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he said his role now was to attract the best people he could to Apple. It wasn't about, you know, going out and hiring. It was about always hiring, always trying to attract the best people to, to the company. And, and I think that's where we have really shifted. You know, it, you know, you talk about marketing and sales and, and management. It's the idea in order to be a successful organization, we have to always be searching for that A plus talent and put a lot of effort into uh, convincing that A plus talent to, to look at us, right? And even though we know we offer a great job, we have to kind of like we talked about at the beginning of the marketing, we offer something great here. We have to let people know. Uh, jobs are kind of the same way. We offer a great job here. We have to let people know. So we have to turn to almost marketing our, our jobs. Um, what, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I I do think that that's that's a major a major thing. I mean, moving from being small to being big, and then if you're going to have to like change all of your benefits or try to revamp or, or redo everything, is going to be a whole headache. So putting it in place early and then using it as a as a major driver to say, look, we've got we're only this big. And we already have this awesome benefits package, right? We've got the paid time off. We've got holidays. We've got a 401k with a higher match than almost anybody out there is, is going to do. We've got the health insurance plan that is, you know, it's a good health insurance plan. It's not, um, you know, the, the lowest end of the spectrum or something like that. Um, and, and that is going to help you draw in a better quality candidate who maybe otherwise would be considering a, a larger firm or a different type of a role, or maybe going to like a, a corporate environment or something like that, because those are things that are important to them. And they don't want to take the risk of, you know, well, my, my family needs health insurance. You know, yes, I want to go do litigation and be part of this amazing company, but at the same time, I, I've got kids, right? And I need to have insurance for them. And I need to have that sort of stability for my family. Um, and so that that helps us get those higher quality candidates. Um, it lets them also have a little bit more freedom in, in what they're looking for, because we do have that sort of 
backstop of, of benefits that they can rely on and something that is is actually going to be reliable and beneficial um, for their families as they make that transition. Well, this has been amazing. I mean, I, I think it's very important to acknowledge that, you know, everybody always talks about, hey, y'all, the first hire was so easy. No, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. It was hard. Mm -hmm. And the reality was uh, we didn't do a good job the first time. You know, we, we had to learn from our mistakes and, you know, progress over perfection every time, you know, no matter how hard it what we tried to, to give great benefits, no matter how hard we tried to, to create the best job and to identify the best candidates, um, you know, you're going to make mistakes. And, and when you make a mistake, the idea is, as you said, um, you know, move quickly. You know, people don't want to be in a job they dislike. That, that's the reality. So, so letting people say, hey, look, you know, go, go look for another job, anything I can do to help you. You know, you're mm -hmm. not, it's, this isn't a right fit for you. Can I help you find another job? That, that, that's something that, that we've done as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I do want to thank you again. You know, it's Charles with the, the business blueprint where we're going to bring you insights from business, from, from us, from Malone, from Rec Malone, Charles Hatley, as we've grown before we forget what it's like to, to mess up and, and stumble and, and make these mistakes. So if you like what we're talking about, you know, hit subscribe, follow us. Each week we're going to be offering different insights. And uh, we look forward to hearing any feedback that anybody may have on this. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in. If you found this insightful and entertaining, be sure to hit subscribe below and join us on social media to get more insight into what we are going through each and every day.